everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I am Jim Love, and I am a motivational and keynote speaker. And I just want to be clear, Alan did the swivel thing again on his chair. Every when time. started off, it's, it, it's, totally it's really comforting. Thing. I guess that, like, the day you don't do that is a day that we may have to look at a different a different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's when we'll muscle. have a, a studio and somewhere else. That's right. No, it's just great. It's just, woo. Anyway, so, yeah, welcome to episode 15. We have our driver's permits. We are at 15. We are rocking and rolling halfway to 30, which is what both of you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you and I are, are yeah. and um, it's been a, it's been a crazy year, but uh, yeah, happy to, happy to be here. How was your day? Did you have a good day? Yeah, it's been a busy day. Um, we have Summerfest happening in Milwaukee, oh. and so uh, yes. life is very busy. I'm I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, creating be- because all the you're content. a music writer, right? Yes. And it's, yeah, that's, that's creating what, yeah. all of the content, uh, staying busy, um, and and we've we're only just cracking the surface on that. I love so, it. I love um, it. Yeah, the, Jim, you've had a good week since we last spoke. I have, yes, and I I will be honest with you, folks. I was about almost twenty minutes late for this for this podcast recording. So I was essentially I was stuck in traffic, and uh, I I'm I was huffing and puffing, um, you know, figuratively in the car. I did text Alan though. What did I text you? You when? said that well, your your ETA kept changing. Yes, but then you just told us now that you were like, I didn't drive the speed limit no, for the last. 10 no, minutes. what was the joke though? When I was in the car, what did oh, I you were hustling sideways to get here. Yes, yes, I did, and he was like, I see what you did there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so yeah. the hustle never stops, regardless of what your ETA is on Google Maps. <laughs> and I, and but for the record, I did bring that down by seven minutes. Uh, well done, as he went down. So because it was a big he, deal because yeah. he might have driven a little over yeah, the speed but limit. But we're not gonna, you know. I mean, do you, do you drive the speed limit normally? Is that a Wisconsin thing? Because us Chicagoans, as I, you know, we take tailgate and we don't drive the speed limit oh okay we are the original tailgaters before tailgating was cool i'm a terrible driver anyway aren't we all well anyway we are we are excited to be here um excited to have on a really cool guest today so i'll i'll sort of intro who this gentleman is and as you know uh my a little bit about my background if you listen to episode three which was about me uh back in our toddler days of podcasting we've just gotten so much more professional since we're, that time. we're getting there yeah we're doing stuff i was hoping for a little more of like a yeah we are but anyway. <laughs> yeah we are yeah, yeah we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> great all right that went well mm-hmm. uh, so as you uh, as you may know from those i got my start in leadership development through an organization called illinois leadership seminars ils for short and great organization I, I know i've talked a lot about that but it really developed me into who i am today and and you know was a big thing and i know you've had opportunities like that that have done the same thing for you so yeah definitely of course we have that in common now one of the guys i met um back when i was 17 in in this program uh is our is our guest today so sean johnson um just a, such a cool chill unique guy um one of those people that has an amazing story and and someone who just consistently works to bring energy and motivation into the world through his different areas and mediums in which he does so. Uh, but an awesome guy, I will say that, uh, and I'm giving away what he does, but I was on his podcast uh, about a month ago <laughs> and um, and he said, and this is like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. He told me that I breathe life into people and and I and I felt that about him too. So I want to like, that's like a really cool thing. And you also, could see that. yeah, that's, could see that. uh, yeah, it was, it was sweet, but um, super excited to have Sean. Uh, he lives in Florida, which, which is, which is great and uh, very warm. And that's, a, that's, 
that's the gist of what I know about Florida. And we should we should make a chart of every state <laughs> that we hit because we've hit more we've than we've had a we've couple. Thought. Yeah, no, yeah. no question. Michigan, Florida, uh, Nashville, right? Colorado, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. So Sean is uh, by day a university educator. Mm-hmm. And by night, as I just mentioned, a podcaster, and I'll, I'll let him get into that. But Sean, welcome to Hustling Sideways. Yo, yo, yo. Thank <laughs> you for having me here. So I love you all's conversation at the beginning. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, when it comes to driving the uh, speed limit, as long as you are going the flow of traffic, I think that's what matters most. I like and that. So, and yeah, by, and by flow of traffic, we mean like right up to the bumper. Yes, like, correct. Yeah, yeah. Two wow. inches at least of space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I'm just that. saying, like, you know, like you said, a Chicago was like just <laughs> driving in general. Like, I think it's one of those things where I've realized um, as I have a, uh, a niece who um, finally decided to get her license after years of having her permit. Um, and I remember telling her, it was like, as long as you, you know, you are going with the flow of traffic. You're good. That's like, good. I know if the speed limit is one, if the speed, if that cooling and stuff you hear is my daughter. And, you know, so, uh, she is uh, a guest as well. Today. That's right. That's right. I, I like her, it. Uh, I told my niece, I said, you know, if the speed limit is 70 and everybody is literally flying past you, you might have to go faster because you're impeding the flow of traffic. I agree. Yeah. And that's so, dangerous. That's dangerous yeah, to do that. You know, all yeah. it was, you were just saying, I'm not going to impede the flow of traffic. So I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> the next time I get know, pulled over, that's the excuse. And I'm rolling with it. And I like we'll it. see how it goes. But no, 100%. And I know, Sean, obviously, you're originally from Chicago. And that's that's how yeah. we met through that organization. And, um, you know, so t- talk to talk to us a little bit about your background and, and your growing up and, and um, you know, kind of what, what your family structure is like. Yeah, so uh, as you said, I'm originally from Chicagoland area. I claim uh, Chicago Heights, uh, the 60411 as my hometown. Um, and so this, but just the South Suburban area um, is one that I'm very familiar with um, just because that's where all of, I mean, my family, my grand, uh, grandmother um, is still there. Um, my parents are still there in the South Suburbs. And so, um, but I, you know, I went to school, my schooling was in uh, the Chicago Heights area. And so going to Bloom High School um, and, you know, for me growing up, uh, I have an older brother, um, a mom and dad. And, you know, but I had grandparents around me, I had cousins who live not too far away, literally a cousin who stayed two houses down. (laughs) Um, And so we were, you know, a tight knit uh, group and um, definitely, had a lot of fun. My uh, mom uh, grew up, I would say my mom was not always the most loved person growing up uh, when it came to her occupation. That was because she worked for the light company and customer service. And so, you know, if you were getting a call from Commonwealth Edison, it, you know, either most of the time for my mom, it probably was because you hadn't paid your bill. So <laughs> um, there was that. But my dad, uh, uh, my mom worked at the light company for a little while before she got into education. And then um, my dad used to train professional boxers um, and wow. was a wrestling coach, a boxing coach in the neighborhood um, before he got into uh, nursing. And now still to this day, my mom still works in the education system. My dad still works in uh, medicine as an oncology nurse and my brother currently just moved to Houston and he's uh, does trucking and 
I'm here in Florida. This is literally today. I got hired to work at the University of Florida 10 years ago uh, on this day, September 1st. Hey, um, congratulations. So, Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And, uh, and so I've been in education um, kind of at atmospheres for as long as I can remember. So I currently work in higher education, but even going back, I used to be a student athlete. I used to wrestle. I used to box. I used to play soccer. I used to do a lot of things. But then at one point, I just got this desire to do more um, mm-hmm. than um, just athletics. And so that included, though, still working with student athletes, but working on kind of like the education side. So tutoring, mentoring, um, and those types of things. And that's what got me into um what I thought was going to be my original career, broadcast journalism. But then I switched over to higher education, um, specifically with the hope to still work with student athletes. And that's actually what my first uh, job was out of grad school was um, working in student athlete housing. Um, And so going from Chicago to uh, Indiana University, back to Chicago, down to you know, Gainesville, Florida, it has been a journey to say uh, the least, but it's been an exciting journey that, um, you know, one that I definitely i am glad that I, I've gone on this road um, and there is nothing about it that I regret or, you know, have any doubts uh, about. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's, that's the full story. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it for sure. Um, you got your, your start, I mean, in, in the Midwest and, and closer to home, was there any apprehension in, in moving down to Florida? Oh yeah. I mean, I, so I will say, uh, I originally, I was going to stay close to home. I was going to stay in, um, you know, working in campus housing. So we, there's different regions you work in. So I was going to, I was going to stay working in the Great Lakes region, which was, um, Illinois, Indiana, um, Ohio, Wisconsin. Like I was wanting to stay in that region and, and be near family. And I said, oh, I mean, my dream job was going to be working at Grand Valley State. Um, and so I had some friends that um, worked there and I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, I actually got a on-campus, I say that was probably the strangest like job process I had ever been a part of. It was Grand Valley State was the first uh, job I had applied to um, for post-grad school work on February 1st. I think I heard from them on April 1st. Um, and they were like, hey, you want to come on campus for an interview? And I was thinking to myself, like, that's it? Like, no first round interview? No nothing? Like, he just looked at my resume and cover letter. And I was like, okay. Um, so I was, thought I was going to stay up there. And then I had applied. I remember my summer job was applying for jobs in the Chicagoland area. I had Loyola University, you know, DePaul, like Trinity Christian. I was applying everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got a message from someone on Twitter about um, applying for this job here um, uh, to work at the University of Florida. And that was at the, like August 1st, beginning of August. And I applied, got an interview and I've been here ever since. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I did have some apprehension at first because I was moving away from family. Yeah. Um, 
I was I and I was really close to my family, especially, you know, my grandmother. I was close to my parents and, you know, but I, you know, I had a, a twin niece and nephew um, that were still living there. And I was really excited about, you know, all the things they were doing. And I wanted to be near home to be able to kind of still attend those things. And now I'm thinking like I'll be within like, you know, maybe a five hour drive home or catch a train, catch a plane. I'll be good. Mm-hmm. And now I am because I've done the drive. I am 16 and a half hours <laughs> oh my. from uh, home. That is that is door to door. So, how many stops yeah. is that? <laughs> uh, it depends on how fast you drive. You there know, you go. Yeah. If you're hustling sideways out here <laughs> on these uh, expressways, there you know, it just depends. Yeah. So, yeah. Keeping yeah. your distance between you and the bumper in front yeah, of you. Yeah, of no, we, we know this drill. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you originally pursued broadcast journalism. So that, yes. is, that is near and dear to me because that is what I actually went to school for too at Marquette. Um what what was your initial thoughts when you're in college and and we're headed that way and you're looking at you know this big i mean because it isn't it's an enticing world there's definitely entertainment there's sports whatever you really want to get into uh there's a, a place for it what was the initial kind of appeal of being a broadcaster uh i so at some point i wanted to be in it long term i wanted to be like the voice of some sports team okay. i was the voice of like high school sports mm-hmm. i was the sportscaster for my high school um you know i i announced uh some different events uh, you know high school basketball games i was the announcer like you know um for our, our broadcast team and so i for me the the goal was probably what most Sports broadcasters wanted to be dun 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 ESPN Sports Center, like yeah, all of that. Sports Center, uh, you know, <laughs> and then and it, it helped to have someone like a Stuart Scott to be able to look at and be like, "That's someone who looks like me—a black man wears glasses, box mm-hmm. cut, like you know, I it it and has the little slang and twang in their language." Mm-hmm. And so I I initially thought that's what I wanted to do because I loved working in with athletics and so i literally thought that was going to be the the plan um but i i made the i I decided to make a shift when it came going to grad school um and that's where kind of for me i like to say um that probably solidified a lot of things but i won't say the start of probably where i am now is probably was actually back in seventh grade so okay um, That's awesome. Yeah. So you've got a podcast that is on the side. Uh, tell us a little about what you cover on your podcast. So my podcast is entitled uh, "Vulnerability Leads to Victory," um, and it is talking about vulnerability um, and how the lessons, what lessons or experiences of growth have people had um, that have led them to, um, you know, feeling at a, a different level than they were before with uh, before they were being you know vulnerable and so um it's under that's called the victory it's understanding that uh, you know with when you're being vulnerable it doesn't mean that you it's all going to go well and it's all going to uh be good and it but you can have vulnerable you can be vulnerable and you can have some good learning experiences um from that to help you navigate um, future vulnerable moments or just future life in general. So 
Um, we just completed uh, season two. Uh, and so we've had 26 episodes. So you all are not, not too far behind me. <laughs> uh, so keep it going. Uh, so we have 26 episodes, um, 26 uh, different guests um, have been a part of it. Um, and so it has been something where it started because I, um, as I said, my daughter is here uh, with me. And so uh, my daughter, Esther, um, as I tell people, Esther is our, um, is our fourth child, our first to come to full-term birth. Okay. Um, and so that I tell people that because that's part of our, our journey of being vulnerable and that vulnerability leads to victory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that literally is the first episode of my podcast is me telling the story of um, kind of our vulnerability journey my wife and I uh, have been on and how we even got to the phrase vulnerability leads to victory. And so it's been good because you get the opportunity to hear from different guests that all are telling the story of being vulnerable, but they have different tips or if it's similar tips, they tell them in a different way. Um, and so it's, it's just amazing because um, I've been able to talk to people that um, have completed their doctorate, have been professionals for a long time, have lived in different countries, like all different type of stuff. And so it's been amazing to hear people um, kind of really go down that path. And for some people, um, it's been amazing because my podcast has been the first time that for some people they've told their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's definitely been a, a, a fantastic experience. Which is which is such a gift, you know, to have people be able to come in and, and share something. And, you know, like I mentioned, I, I was able to do that, you know, last month and it was awesome. And I think you've created a, a really unique, you know, niche community of, of, uh, of empathy and people that want to support each other. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, have you experienced folks who are, you know, maybe a little more nervous or apprehensive to, to share a story or, or have people been very receptive to what, what you've created? I, I mean, of course, for someone like me, who's more open and sort of, that's my brand, I was excited for it, but mm-hmm. um, particularly for men, you know, and I know we've talked about this with Riggs, you know, on, yeah. on, on a couple of podcasts ago, but has that been something that you've kind of had to like convince someone or have people jumped at the opportunity to share a story with you in your, in your community? Uh, so I will say that um, I don't think I've ever had to convince anybody. Um, and because when people have gotten on and I, and I, I asked the question, like, why did you say yes? Like, you know, we're talking about vulnerability. Why did you say yes? Yeah. And I will say that there's only been one time where I uh, spoke to someone and I asked them that question and they were like, well, I didn't even really know what we were going to be talking about today. I just knew you asked me to be on the podcast and you're good people. So I jumped at the opportunity. And so I think because of the relationships I've built, the connections I've made, um, the way that I've been able to treat people over the years, they responded to that and wanting to assist me and be a part of this journey of vulnerability that I've been going on. And in turn, I think that has allowed them to be willing to tell their stories. Now I have some guests, you know, out of the 26, have I had a handful of guests that have been nervous about telling their story? Yes. A little apprehensive, mm-hmm. like, yes. But I think at the end of the day, um, they are willing because they know that it's um, 
an opportunity for them to to put themselves out there and be vulnerable. And so they it's either um, a reigniting of the journey, a kickstarting of their vulnerability journey, or something um, else for them. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating what you have because it is um, an aspect of really just human relationships that don't really get discussed. You know what I mean? Like like Jim was saying, especially between men, uh, people just aren't vulnerable. You know, it, we were never raised to be that way, sort of. Um, when I'm I'm always obsessed with like the uh, the origin of like the moment when you know that that you had something. Yeah. Obviously, you have your own story. But when was when was the kind of moment that you were like, you know what, this could be an entire show. You know, there. When did you realize that there are more people out there that can benefit from from talking about these moments where they're vulnerable? Oh man, that's a good question. I think for me, um, it was there were two times. There was one when I, you know, I'm looking at the analytics because I'm like, are people listening to this? <laughs> um, and so I will say like that one was a little further down where I looked and there were people like overseas. Like I see, I have over listeners from other parts of the world and wow. you know, you're looking at that and it's like, Oh, there's not just the Canada or Mexico. There's like, Oh, there's someone in Germany listening to this. Like, wow. okay. Like <laughs> and you start to see that every week you're looking at the end you're like, wait, that number or that country is still there. Um, looking at that. Um, and so there's that piece. I would say probably from uh, within the first few episodes, uh, I will definitely say that uh, I knew it was hit. I, I the exact um, time frame that I, I truly knew it was a was something that people wanted to really talk about. Um, probably came down to um, it was in late January. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an episode with a, a buddy of mine called uh, Profiting from the Process, Counting the Rewards and Costs of the Vulnerability Journey. And that is probably, uh, that was only my seventh episode, and it is one of the most streamed episodes that still gets streamed a lot to this day. Wow. Um, and so I think looking at that and just looking at um, the number of people that constantly look at it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I have people that every week are like, oh, my goodness, I need to catch up on episodes. Like, this episode is doing this. Like, um, And then I will say, I said there's two moments. The third moment that probably tied it all together uh, was I was having a conversation with my mom um, after I uh, did an episode um where someone talked about um, a family member, you know, committing suicide Mm -hmm. and um, just the experience that they were going through in terms of processing that death and everything that was before that and after that. And my mom listened to that episode and she just talked about like, there were things from that episode that like impacted her. And, you know, mom, it's my mom. Like, my mom is an older, you know, individual. And, like, to, there's one thing to, like, have your your parent or a close family member say, like, oh, yeah, you, you're doing a good job. But just the way my mom and I were having that conversation, it wasn't like a, a parent that's proud of their child. It was, like, 
a woman that was talking to a podcast host about how yeah. an episode really impacted them. And so that like that was episode eight. So episode seven, as I just said, is one of the most streamed ones. And then episode eight was the one that really like impacted my, you know, mom and the conversation we had with that. And so I would say early on, like it it really um I can see that people wanted to, you know, have these conversations and were excited to have a space um, available to hear conversations or to be able to tell their their stories. That's awesome. I think like anytime you can get your your passion validated, you know, in a very real way like that is important. And I had that pretty early on in my speaking career where my parents saw me speak and uh, like one of my first times I ever was able to do it you know, in a, in a public crowd and like had, had like legit takeaways other than like, Oh, you, you, you did, you know, you did really you did good. Nice, right? yeah. Like, like had like actual, you know, feedback yeah. and like, that was great. You know, my sister had the same thing. So a hundred percent, Sean, I think, I think, I mean, I think that's awesome. And, and, uh, you know, and well-deserved, I mean, you know, you've created a, a, a real thing and a product that people again across the world, you know, are relating to. And, um, I'm curious, like some of your, like, main takeaways of this and I, I can imagine and just sitting here like thinking about the guests that we've had and how many dots we've connected of like yeah. oh that person's story is similar to that person's or that passion ties into that one right you know like what are what are some of the major things you found like in terms of like human connection of of people who come from all you know all, all races all genders all sexual orientations that are that are on this podcast to really talk about how vulnerable they're being and in, in ending on a positive note like have you have you had takeaways that maybe you didn't expect or something that surprised you and maybe you thought a lot of people would be a little different or how, how has that kind of come to fruition in your mind as, as you've gone along in this journey? It's, it's, it's been interesting just because I would say it, overall, like it's been something where um, every week I am surprised. Like, but the thing that I've realized the most is that people want to have a a brave space or a safe space to be able to tell their stories where they have, where they know they're not going to be judged. Mm-hmm. They want to be, people want to be heard, um, but they, people want to be connected with. And so for me, I think what is most interesting is, and I, I, I feel like I, uh, you and I had talked about this, Jim, is that, um, is that for all the, the, episodes so i say it's 26 episodes so of course episode one i know what i'm gonna say like it's it's just me um <laughs> and then but for in episode four which i think was my um my wife was on like really you know even then with my wife like i will say that um i knew kind of what she was gonna talk about but i didn't know how she was going to talk about it And so with all the other episodes, I don't know people's stories really until they get on. So like I'm listening, I have to listen to them in the moment because all of my, all of my like commentary, all of my like thoughts that I'm saying back on each episode come to me in those moments. Yeah. And so I think what I realized is, is that people are thankful and they usually say it at the end of every episode, like they're thankful for having that space to just be able to tell their stories. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious how much kind of pre-production do you give them? Because, you know, they are talking about something that's sensitive to them. 
Um, do you kind of give them a little bit of a forewarning, like, hey, you have you have free reign to say whatever? Or is it kind of just more of a natural feeling? Like, do you, you know, kind of just weigh out the conversation kind of thing? No. So uh, I always tell them, like, you know, I would love to have 60 to 70 minutes of your time for recording purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell them, like, you know, if the episode goes 20 minutes, okay, if the episode goes you know, longer, that's fine. Um, but ultimately, I give them I give them a prompt um, of what to say, of what kind of the, how the conversation for the day is going to say. But I give them that free reign to be able to talk. And so we can look up and, you know, I've this season especially, like this season, many of the episodes are in that hour range. <laughs> Yeah, mine was four hours, I think. Ah, uh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did listen. You got the, the director's cut. I mean, it's That's glad right. that they cut that you down. You should see the outtakes. Yeah, I was cursing. I was, it was, you know, it was It bad. was like a Lord yeah. of the Rings movie. I was, I was slurring my words. I, dirtier. Yeah, right? Yeah. It, was rough, yeah. it was a lot of editing for Jim's episode. You know what? You all right, know, all right. There were, there were a few times where, you know, I was editing and my wife was like, are you going to come to bed? And I was like, oh. I have more Jim important love. things like, to do. I got to keep the people loving Jim Love. Oh, so there it is. a lot of edits, you know? Oh, you, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. That's great. Um, and I, I, I want to uh, just comment on something you had said previously about really reacting in the moment. And I've talked about this, something I've learned just generally while podcasting is like, you don't know what someone's going to say. So you have to, you have to shut off your phone other than having questions up, which I, you know, I yeah. do sometimes, but you actually have to react to what they're saying. And I'm going to quote Al McGuire here. Like, so get ready oh, for okay. this here's, one, Alan. But the Marquette, the Marquette tie. tie here is he used to say like, he loved living in the moment. He would go, he would call it congratulate the temporary. Uh-huh. And I love that. It's like, like be where you're at and congratulate it and react to what's happening. And Sean, you would do a brilliant job of that. You're an extraordinary interviewer, you know, where I could tell you were just, you know, act, listening to what I was saying, actually actively listening mm-hmm. and then reacting in the moment and coming up with actual thoughts, which is difficult to do. That's not an easy thing to do. I probably suck at it, you know, oftentimes <laughs> in this podcast. So like it's, it's a, it's a learned skill. And I think when you do that is when you're creating that space. People actually yeah. feel like they're being heard. They feel like they're being talked to. You, you're sort of paraphrasing in a way where it asks a new question of what they just said, but that's so important. And I, I firmly believe other than you having great relationships and just being a good person, that that helps. That's catapulted you to where you're at, I think, because yeah. I felt it when I was on there, you know, and, and um, listen, listen to my episode. That's a shameless plug. <laughs> but um, I had a great time and it was because of the way that, you know, you committed yourself. I'm, I'm wondering, like, it, your work in education and all the background that you have, do you take some skills from that and working with students in higher education and, and having to really listen to their thoughts and, and maybe their major and, and concerns that they've had and how much you've done in the university level? Does that has, has that translated to doing this podcast so effectively? Uh, yes and no. So I think the environment has helped me, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. But I would say some of the skills says of like helping skills and things I've learned. Yes, but um, not not necessarily. So. Growing up, like I always wanted to be, I always wanted to save lives. And so I thought I had to do that by being a doctor, um, hmm. like a medical doctor mm-hmm. and realizing ultimately, like I didn't have to do that. And so in middle school, it, doing like peer mediation and peer counseling and, you know, with tutoring and stuff like that. And then in high school, just having the opportunity to just kind of, you know, have conversations with people and you know, and then do the Illinois Leadership Seminar. Um, I will say it was things from all of those types of things and, and just over time, taking the time to listen to people has helped me, I would say, 
now the the thought of wanting to um help people save lives um and save their own life like you know in many ways that is probably where a lot of that has come from because what i've realized is is that um you know it what it comes the best way to save a life sometimes it comes down to listening to the person that's across from you mm-hmm. and so you know um and so i think that's the the big thing for me is i've just taken the time over the years to um find opportunities to do that and so that working in higher education has a, with college students you know that has now that's where i would say it has helped because it's afforded me a greater opportunity to meet with a larger um you know community of people to be able to um like just gain an understanding of what's really going on in the world and and that's led me to reading different things and and picking up on different things of kind of what's culturally going on in society mm-hmm. and because I, I i currently live with this thought of you know um allow the interruptions to happen in life because um through the interruptions are where some of your greatest um things can your your greatest opportunities can come about Absolutely. because yeah you know like with interruptions you never know like i there's i i have i tell people i have an open door i leave my door open um and you know if i have something i'm truly working on either my door is closed or i'll let you know hey can we go back and talk this time but i also as i say i leave room for the interruptions and so if it is somebody who's like 11 32 in the morning like i just need to talk come on in let's talk let's sit down and that's where i realized that People want space to be able to um, just kind of exhale. Yeah. So that's how I end. Every, that's the premise of, of, of vulnerability leads to victory is um, giving people an opportunity to exhale before they inhale. Mm-hmm. Every day we wake up having to try and you know take in no take in more of society, and I think that's what stresses us out is is that we're having to take in more and more before we're able to release the day before sometimes mm-hmm. you know yeah. mm-hmm. like eating lunch before you're even you know digested breakfast and you're like oh i'm still so full from breakfast but it's lunchtime, so i'm just gonna go ahead and eat lunch like no you would you feel overwhelmed you might get sick and i think that's the same thing with kind of what i've learned over the years is exhale before you inhale yeah, and, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's something I'm learning still. Yeah, is to, Shame. Is to a... decompress and not be on the go constantly and have those yeah. moments of, of kind of just a release and just, you know, like you said, not have the phone on, not have whatever, like, not, yeah. you yeah. know, even though, as we've said, those interruptions do lead to opportunities. <laughs> and your daughter's cry was right on cue when yeah, you said that. Perfect. That was like, perfect. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think even working, even having my like my daughter is like that has helped me more and more with the the journey of the podcast mm-hmm. it's helped me more in terms of understanding like the exhale because you know i work as a university educator but i've been my daughter was born in april of you know 2021 and um as we are recording this it is september 1st 2021 i don't i've been off with her the whole time and not scheduled to go back until October. And so, you know, when it's all said and done, I will have, you know, had um, about six months of leave with 
to be at home with my daughter. And throughout that time, I've had to constantly just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because you don't, you know, you, you're going to miss something. Like, and I think that's the thing. You're going to miss stuff all the time, um, even when you do try to be in the moment, because many things come at you. But what I realize is when you take that time to truly just exhale, um, you you just, you're going to gain so much more in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. That's important. I'm Sean, I'm curious what's what what's next for for the podcast. You know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna keep going for season three. You know, where where do you see this this going? Where do you see it growing? And and um, you know, do you have any goals for it? You know, what what what's what what does your future look like? Uh, so I will say podcast specific. I already know there's going to be uh, a fourth season. There's a guest that um, I have been working with that is not able to record until 2022 oh, yeah. um, and during the time it's going to be um in the fourth season and so we'll be when i was looking to start the fourth season and so i know there's just podcast specific i know right now there's going to be a fourth season and so which means finish season two gotta get season three done um probably gonna get that done within the next few months um and then yeah, we'll go to season four. But with the so the what's interesting is we're speaking on the podcast, but the podcast is actually a part of an entire ministry that I um, started called Storytime Ministries. And so Storytime Ministries um, is, you know, something that came about because it is. I'm a storyteller. That's where that journal, that journalism comes in, that communication, um, telling stories. And so for me, um, I really wanted to do something that was closely connected to, um, you know, who I am. Mm -hmm. And so for that's where the podcast is a part of. And so, um, you know, the Storytime Ministries has um, this podcast. It has um, weekly wisdom videos that I put out through YouTube and um, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, also has weekly devotionals that I put out there. Um, Beautiful. I'm looking to start another um, another part of it called Mac and Cheese Mondays. Oh, so Mac okay. uh, Music, Arts, and Culture, um, which you know I would love. To, it literally, I would love to just hop on with folks and just talk about you know uh you know literally anything related to music arts and culture and and create um see how that's like a part of our culture and our society today and so um that's a part of it like but ultimately like the long-term goal is is that i would love to have my own you know recording studios where i can create content you know um from a, a community center. So I should say I want to have my own recording studio. I do want to have my real own recording studio, but I want to have it within my own community center. That's um, awesome. That so, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like that I went through an experience years ago called the calling lab. Um, Cause I am um, uh, in, in my church and I got this thought of like, really the need to create a, a community center um, in a lower lower income or um, inner city neighborhood. And so, you know, we're going to work towards coaching, developing youth, 
restoring families and engaging the older adult population. And this is where vulnerability leads to victory, uh, weekly wisdom, my weekly devotional, which is called Coffee for the Culture, like all of that in Mac and Cheese Mondays, like all of that's going to feed into Storytime Ministries, which is going to feed out of the community center, which is, you know, going to ultimately then be the the spark that continues to um, create opportunities for people to, you know, save lives and stuff like that. That's awesome. I love that you took that question, and I, I didn't I didn't even know that that was part of a whole you know forward plan. That's really amazing, and I'm I I think. I mean, first of all, Mac and Cheese Mondays obviously caught me in for any number of yeah. reasons. But yeah, uh, yeah, but my co-host Alan here is uh, ears say. perked up on, on on the music and culture uh, section of this. Yeah, so. if you need a music <laughs> writer to uh, to That's, talk to one of these times, I'm down. He's in. He's in. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Because I do. What's funny is I actually it's called Mac and Cheese Monday, but like music, arts, and culture. But I also do want to like be in places where I try like different recipes of mac and cheese like yeah. you know um, also down also yeah, very like, much down yes while talking about music arts and culture like and so um you know i think that's the, the thing is uh is really at the end of the day how to just keep you know having opportunities to breathe life into people and save lives that's the goal that's the long-term goal yeah i i you know i i've come to the realization lately that like i know I need money to do different things, but I don't, I want the money to help the people to, to help myself in order to help people versus like making money off of it and being like in monetizing everything. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, I've talked to some small businesses around here uh, where I'm at about um, endorsing my podcast, but it's more or less because I believe they have a good product and I want people to, you know, get in touch with their product. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, well, it yeah. sounds like your, your head and your heart are in the right spot on this mm-hmm. and that and you're developing something that is, you know, um, very much a brand. Yeah. Uh, and very know. sustainable too. I mean, there's such a need for that. And I, I, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see as a friend and also just like generally as a, as a business just to see how that goes. And, and, um, I, I think it's great. I mean, you have, you have a lot of stakes in the ground and what you've created, just what I've seen, the small, you know, obviously the small part of it, um, is really magical. And it was, it was a, a pleasure to, to join that movement and be part of it and really see how that community has grown so much and a lot more work to do. And I, I know you're in for it. So that's, that's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I, I commend you for that. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Like I tell people, I, I live and breathe this right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, a part of who I am. It's I there's there's what I've realized is I've had so many thoughts over the years. And that's what I would, you know, tell people to anybody listening is like, you know, we, the hustle. I think we, we come from a culture where it's like nowadays it's like figure out a side hustle, figure out another way to make some passive income or mm-hmm. figure out how to make income where your your nine to five becomes your your side hustle or anything like that. I say like Think of everything as like, what's your greater purpose? And then everything along the way is an assignment that leads to your purpose and mm-hmm. ultimately what you're supposed to be doing. And I think each assignment in a way can become, you know, its own side hustle. Exactly. Because yeah. after the experience my wife and I just had with having uh, our daughter and with everything that led up to that, you know, my wife and I talked about becoming doulas. Like and helping other families, you know, go through the birthing experience. And I'm thinking, like, 
Well, I did say I want to have some community health things yeah. with a part of my community center. Maybe that's maybe me becoming a certified doula is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the thing is, is that if you just look at, you know, helping people plus the things you're good at, like you'll ultimately be able to truly find out what are the side hustles that you should become connected to. I love it. It starts with passion and people. But yeah. once you once you once yes. you intersect where, where, wherever your your greatest passion is and where the world's greatest hunger meets is where is where change will happen. That's where you're gonna find you know, what you're supposed to do, whether that's a career, a side hustle, a passion, you know, whatever whatever it is. But find what you love and find where it's needed. And uh I think that's really important. You know, I think you're a, you're a living, breathing example of that. I mean, that's what's happening, and you're very committed to it. And good things are going to come because of that commitment and because of what you're <laughs> what, what you're what you're in for. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. If people want to get in touch with you and they want to learn more about what you're doing, um, not only with Storytime Ministries, but but while well, listening to the podcast, things like that, where's the best place to go to uh, to get connected with you? Uh, so right now, I would say the either social media, um, and so Facebook, uh, it's my whole name, Sean Ryan Johnson. Um, Instagram is the uh, Sean John, S-E-A-N, okay. John, J-O-H-E-N, just like the clothing brand. Yep, exactly. That's what, where my head went right away. <laughs> yes, the Sean John underscore son, S-O-N. Um, and so that is, I, put, I try to post something every day uh, uh, on social media now um, and so those are the ways best ways to connect with me um, and I am also in the process of uh, so this is an exclusive here for Hustle Uh-oh. Sideways okay uh, I'm in the process of uh, getting ready to start a um, TikTok called uh, <laughs> Bonnet Dad Chronicles oh. uh, all right so that started with I I, I have long curly hair. I try to take care of it. Part of me taking care of it is wearing a bonnet at night. But, okay. then, I'm also like, but then I'm also like, well, I'm going to stay at home dead right now. I don't go a lot of places. So when I, after I get myself together in the morning, the bonnet goes back on. And so a lot of photos <laughs> yeah. and different things out there. I have my bonnet on. And so when, I, when I'm taking pictures of myself with my daughter and, um, and I tell people, they're like, it's the bonnet is so on me that um, <laughs> there was a, a situation where um, my nephew's car was getting broken into, and I ran outside and I had my bonnet on. I didn't even realize oh, it. Man. I'm out here talking to the police with oh, my bonnet on. Man. Like I'm just so it. it That's it's really peak dad status. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sure. You're a peak dad. Yeah. It's really become a part of who I am. So bonnet dad chronicles oh, coming soon on TikTok. I'm in. Oh, that is, I'm so pleased we were able to get that announcement. Yeah, that's, we that's got, perfect. I think that might be the first exclusive. I we think had. it is. Yeah, yes. So. I, I was doing a drum roll on my legs. I don't know if that microphone well, picked it up. I but don't know. Here we are. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, we will make sure that we get in touch and we uh we we follow along with the Bonnet Dad Chronicles and then as well as uh everything else that you're doing. And if people want to listen to uh, this podcast some more, if they want to get in touch with us as well, you can follow this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. We're Hustling Sideways. Uh, Sean, Sean, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. No, definitely been a pleasure. Definitely, I would say people listen to Hustling Sideways. Um, You know, 
I love it. We appreciate it, dude. You have a great rest of your night and uh, I'll let Alan do the sign off. That, that usually... would be us. It would be, uh, this has been another episode of Hustling Sideways. Hit him, Jim. Keep on hustling. <laughs>